Check, check with the butterflies in my stomach. I'd like to uh, welcome you back to uh, the Wilma podcast. This is episode nine. Uh, The Wilma podcast is the White Lives Matter Always podcast where we explore how white lives matter always and the rest of us just matter sometimes. I'm Sarah Good Medicine. Uh, I also go by Good Medicine when I'm making art and I use she, her pronouns and... uh, Ooh, it's been a while since it's been me and you, Steve. So maybe you want to introduce yourself uh, quick. Oh, sure. Thanks, sir. Uh, my name is Steve Wright. I'm the white guy. Um, and it has been a really long time since the two of you and I have had actually a podcast together. So it's it's exciting. Yeah, it, it is exciting. Um, it's also kind of nerve-wracking because I fe- feel like... Um, I feel like having guests on is nice because you're not in the hot seat no more. <laughs> and um, yeah, I guess speaking of, of hot seat. Um, it's just you and I, Sarah. It's just me and you. <laughs> it's just me and you. And, um, you know, speaking of hot seat, uh, we had sort of, well, I guess, yeah, I just should say really quick. Our handle is at the Wilma Podcast. That's T H E W L M A Podcast uh, on Instagram and on Twitter. And you can also reach out to us on email uh, at our uh, the Wilma Podcast at gmail.com if you want to connect or suggest a recording location. Today we're sitting in Arts Commons, which is also kind of an interesting place because of all the different structures in colonial society that. Um, including the arts community, tend to be dominated by white folks. And, um, and it's just interesting uh, that, it's, that it's laid out that way, uh, or things are that way. It's interesting to observe that. <sighs> and uh, so we're, we're in Arts Commons. Also, sh- <laughs> shout out to the Arts Commons folks who do partner with a lot of the groups that I do. Uh, so I say that with... Um, I don't know, mixed feelings, I guess, is that, as that's what it is. Um, And so speaking of hot seat, uh, oh yeah, land land acknowledgement, it's our land, just give us our land back. (laughs) I feel like any sense of justice, I was telling somebody today that um, they were talking to me about justice and uh, we're talking about policing and I said, you know, would you feel safe calling the police and they said uh no and uh and they're black and which is not not a coincidence and um but they were sort of saying that justice can exist in this society and i said well to me you know i go back to keras one's quote there can Mm. never be justice on stolen land and that if there is a form of justice that's going on and it's not tied to giving the land back then um it's probably not justice um and so that's our land acknowledgement for the day is, is give us our land back um and uh don't ask us how to do it just do it or at least figure something out i don't know how else to say it but um i'm exhausted hearing land acknowledgements so but uh, for the third time steve uh speaking of hot seat we had a conversation last thursday um, so probably th- we're recording. It's a Monday today. 
um, and the podcast will be coming out a week from today. It'll be the first Monday of um, September, and um, yeah, we had a conversation just sort of following up from a phone conversation we had, and I'm just sort of wondering maybe you want to pick up the story there. Is is uh, you know what happened for you to give me a phone call sort of the context and and then uh, get into sure. a little bit of that thanks um uh, i was approached by someone that uh is involved in the mental health community and does some really good work and she was uh she reached out to me and asked if sarah and i would um, be willing to be interviewed and talk about our podcasts and um, it was hard for me to describe my feeling. My spidey senses went off and it just didn't feel comfortable. There was something about it that I just didn't really like. And so I reached out to Sarah. I was actually out of the province. And I reached out to Sarah and said, this is what's happening. And I'm not really feeling that good about it. And, um, and so it, it wasn't that this woman did anything wrong at all. It wasn't her, actually. I think it's actually it was sort of me a little bit. She, what I wanted to say to her is, I don't want to actually talk about her podcast. I want you to listen to them, and then we can have a conversation. Because I think I don't want us to be looked upon as, as two individuals doing something kind of cool and taking away the seriousness of it and, and the intensity of it. And I think, who knows, I don't know why I, I was feeling maybe possessive about what we were doing, but... See, I, I have some theories about this. I feel like, not even theories, when, so the initial conversation, which happened a few weeks ago, uh, while you were uh, out in BC, was that we sort of, I wrote it down as a conclusion to our... Uh, conversation to include in this episode as a talking point that you didn't feel like you had the right to call someone in on their racism and there was and you said you you felt some sort of need for permission to do so and I you know one of the things I find ironic about that is that the whole system uh, of racism is to give power to people to you and to people who look like you and so when I hear you saying I don't have, I need permission, it just feels like <laughs> of all the identity intersections that exist in colonial society in Mokinstis, Calgary, uh, you have the most power, you know, over most people. You're able-bodied, you're male, cisgendered, you're white, you know, like it just feels ironic to me when I when I hear that so I'm like when I say that to you how, how does that like do, what do you think about that well I think it sounds silly that I would I, um, that I would feel that I think um, I think my confusion in it is why did I feel that way really I needed to really examine that and I and uh, as far as yeah it's a, it's a very confusing thing it's like, conflicting emotions when you were talking with this, because when we were talking, this initial conversation, it sounded like to me like you felt something was off. I think spidey senses is what we described. Yep. Like you, you felt something wasn't good. And, um, you know, listening and talking to you more, it did feel like you were uncomfortable challenging this person on their racism. And it wasn't like, hey, uh, 
you know, you savage or whatever. It wasn't explicit racism, you know, in that way. No, it, no. Was, it was subtle sort of white ways of possessing power. And it sounded like you didn't want to challenge her enti- her white entitlement, I guess, is sort of what I was what I was feeling from it. And to your point of saying, you know, yeah, like I felt like, you know, um, I wanted her to listen to the podcasts and have like a reflection and tell us what you think the other way, I think is another way of you saying like, I I wanted her to sort of actually check in with herself, you know, with her, what she's, how she's internalized violence and, and racism and internalized unearned unearned superiority as a white person you know before just jumping on this this you know anti-racism boat and using our podcast to raise her credibility as a diverse equity inclusive person or whatever yeah, and know? now and now that you said it that way there's been a few people have come up to me and said oh i've listened to a couple of your podcasts steve and, and they're really enjoyable <laughs> and i, I yeah. and i kind of think Maybe what I should be saying is, well, I, the podcasts weren't made to be enjoyable. They were made to be thought-provoking um, and to really critically reflect on us. And and uh, I just worry sometimes when people come and say, oh, I, you're, I really enjoy your podcasts. They were enjoyable. And it's the words, I think I'm looking for a different description of them when people listen and come to me and say that. So, so I guess I want to ask you, why do you feel you need permission to call somebody out on somebody's racism or call somebody in? You know, and this is, I don't mean call out as like call out cultures, like we're shaming somebody. I'm just saying to tell them straight yeah. up, you know what, like you sort of, you need to check your racism. Like, I don't think that's a, a mean thing to say. No, not at all. And, and there's nothing wrong with saying that. I, I think sometimes though that I... I um I'm racist, you know, I'm white, I'm racist, and um, maybe maybe it's because maybe you're right, and maybe it's because I felt because I'm racist to call somebody else on their racist attitudes should is not appropriate coming from me, and, but I was wrong in that, I think. Well, I think it's interesting. I feel like, you know, first of all, I'll just make a point. We're all racist. All of us are in colonized society. We're all conditioned... Um, you know to think that whiteness is better so white you know racism is is in all of us it's not just white folks but in particular it it benefits white folks the most um and the you know i think yeah i think that thing that you just said yeah i guess is there any any other thoughts or feelings coming up around that when you say I like I didn't call her out on her racism because I'm not calling myself out on my own racism or I'm not yeah and I think really I I, I think people need to understand that, that uh, and again you, you actually said it is is that you know when we're white we benefit from our whiteness no matter what we do um, and I think that's the connection that I want people to understand is that you're white and you could be a strong advocate in whatever community you are but the fact of the matter is that you grew up and benefited from your whiteness period and do you like so do you think that is an excuse like is is it acceptable for somebody not to challenge somebody else's racism because they don't feel like they have permission 
I don't think that's right at all, actually, uh, particularly in my case, because, I mean, I spent my whole year, my, my whole career advocating and speaking out on behalf of people and having difficult conversations. And I think this, this piece here, I, I'm not really sure what it was, but it, it totally, um, what you said, it sounds really kind of lame. Actually, yeah. it's almost like it, it's an excuse that I don't want to have that difficult conversation, perhaps. Interesting. And, and then I'm, I'm maybe, you know, leery of the outcome. Interesting. No, I, I, I think that's, I think it feels, feels right to me. I think, you know, I think this relates to one of the other prompts that we have is that, um, that, you know, I've had some experiences recently where, um, like, I was in an all-native uh, space recently, and there was uh, somebody who entered that space who wasn't native, who was white, and who um, was sort of being a tourist, who was, who was um, you know, like sort of wanting to experience what it's like to be in an indigenous space without um, really asking permission. They just sort of assumed that they would be welcomed there. And instead of checking in about it, they repeatedly thanked us, you know, for making that space comfortable for them. And then there was a point where they were just saying some racist things. And so I made a comment or made some comments just you know they were saying that we need to educate them and all these things and I was like actually we don't need to educate you like I don't have an obligation to to do anything for you you need to figure your shit out sort of thing and um and this person and it, it was so frustrating and it, there was only one non-native person this white person in the room and they and I was the only person who felt comfortable enough to say something to them. And everybody else in the room, you know, didn't feel that. And so, you know, it was another interesting observation that even when we're the majority in that space, we still didn't feel we had the power to speak up against this person's racism. And, um, and when that happened, this person kept saying thank you. And they were very polite about it. They were very nice about it. And it just sort of creates this violent narrative that if you are um if you aren't quote-unquote nice when somebody is being quote-unquote nice to you like thanking somebody you know after they've called you out on their racism does not feel appropriate like i guess it is in some sense if you're actually hearing what they're saying but it it doesn't and doing something about it but if but it doesn't feel like that it doesn't it felt like what it did is that if we were upset still about what had happened you know that w it would have looked like we were um we were the problem or we were the issue we were the aggressor sort of thing it's mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. sort of a white protectiveness do you know what i'm talking about absolutely it's almost like she was trivializing i don't know if that's a word or not but making not making light maybe unconsciously of, of what you were saying and so yes um and i and that's 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 a 
That's a tool that us white folks use, right? It's classic white move. It's so easy to neutralize people when you say, thank you much for your feedback. I truly appreciate it. It just grosses me the fuck out, I got to say. And, you know, and I feel like it is different. Like we said, you know, those systems of colorism, uh, featureism, racism, um, like they function to benefit people who look like you. But, you know, sort of like we were saying bef- just before we started recording, I sort of feel like maybe that n- niceness in a way, in a different way, but also in, in a s- somewhat similar way traps and traps you, you know, from challenging somebody's niceness because I think maybe what it is, and we talked about this already, is you'd be breaking white solidarity. You would be you know, yep. going against your race. No, that's a good way to describe it, actually, going against white solidarity. I'm, I'm kind of, like, challenging the status quo, Yeah. which is, is whiteness. <sighs> so, anyways, so we're having this conversation on the phone. We check in about this last Thursday, just bring this story full circle here. And... Um, I brought up with Steve that it felt, you know, this idea that he didn't feel he had the right to challenge this person on their racism. And then Steve had a sort of hissy fit or like a, you know, like a, like it was not easy feedback to give you. Like, and it wasn't even feedback. It felt like actually what I was trying to do is to get back to the point we had in the previous conversation and so do you want to maybe fill in some details like like so I'm just not like saying like Steve was like this because <laughs> it sounds like I'm just like I, I was not <laughs> no actually I think part of it um, and it's still part of, of um, the unlearning I have to do is, is uh, when you get challenged on things sometimes and and uh, and and the and the conversation is direct and it's not fluffy or anything like that at all it, it's sometimes I can feel my defenses come up automatically it's almost like a conditioned response and it uh, and that's, mer- go ahead and I think that's that's part of my unlearning is is that I have to consciously think okay like is that you know, am I, what's my condition response going to be or, or what it is, right? And it, so I think that's, that's, that's a difficult thing. That's going to be the biggest challenge for do us you, white folks. Do you remember some of the things you were saying to me? Uh, besides the cussing and swearing? No, <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Um, not exactly. Like, you were saying crazy shit to me, like... You just got to understand, I just feel things sometimes. It's like, <laughs> Steve, you don't think, like, I feel yeah. something if somebody's following me around the store or, like, you know, I'm getting, like, a, you know, comment or a look from somebody, y- you know what I mean, or whatever. Like, y- you know, like, it just felt very, um, like, you don't have to monitor your self in the same way I do to stay safe and when I was calling you in on sort of 
those things used it was it literally felt like i was i was like <laughs> i felt like i was talking to a child is the is is the way that i, I if thanks that, yeah <laughs> well i mean maybe it, i was reacting as a child though maybe that's that's was the, that's part of it too right is my response probably wasn't very um I'm not going to use the word appropriate because that's a nice word. It probably just really was actually put a break on things, right? And it's 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 those barriers that are constantly coming up, and it just sort of reinforces the fact that my journey is is going to be a long journey on this. Um, and and I think you're right, though. Going back to that white solidarity, I didn't want to break that, and it uh, it's that's a really interesting thought. I I need to really reflect on that and why I would feel that way. Because the whole point of, of these podcasts is to really have this discussion and dialogue and have these difficult conversations and, yeah. call, and call it the way it is. And so, <sighs> you know, for me, my journey is, is really I need to. And I also go back to the fact that that one time I still remember you kind of looked at me across the room and said, Steve, I'm getting tired of teaching you. I know. And, and I maybe, feel that. And, and I maybe uh, that's maybe but maybe I need to start learning and, and going out and, and, and doing <laughs> those things. I think so. I th- I don't know. What I do feel you like will you say you you brought that quote up to me. I don't know over ten times now, and I feel like it. <laughs> you know, you think about it enough. You know what I mean. I think the next thought has to be something about okay, like, well, if I'm not, like, if I need to be learning this more on my own, how how can I, you know, reflect or see more of that internalized violence in myself or how can I keep learning this on my own you know what I mean without because like when you made that phone call you had some spidey sense that there was some sort of white thing happening there and um like I like we said you weren't willing to break white solidarity with that person um and you know obviously this is a new topic for you you know so I think there is some sort of you know empathy there but it's like um yeah i just it's just it's you know what i mean like i don't know we can only say the same thing so many times or it's like you know what i mean are you do you mean it or are you just you know is it it lip service sort of thing and well i think when i say that i have to learn on my own i think i need to have conversations without you by my side and i need to talk to people about their racism yes and call them in and uh what was the comments you made about those group conversations you were hosting that you were a little bit soft yeah 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 absolutely i've I've been soft absolutely i've been soft and just not not really speaking out and would you say that that's actually more you've been soft on whiteness and white-minded and white skin colored folks generally because when we're not addressing racism it's still harder on non-white folks do you see what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. how you're saying well i'm soft in those meetings like it's actually protecting whiteness sure absolutely right and and uh yeah so one of the other things that came up was um you know when we finished this conversation, when Steve had calmed down, um, listen, like there was no shouting or screaming, but it was like, he, he was sort of, a, he was just sort of a, 
appalled in some ways that I was implying these things. I was, I'm just trying to recreate a visual for, for you listeners. And um, when we got to the other side of that, one of the comments he made that I thought was so interesting was that I still need to be reconditioned. I need to learn and unlearn and be reconditioned. And uh, I know we talked a little bit about that now, but I just feel there's irony in that. Do you feel like there's irony in that statement now that we talked about it a little bit? Like, um, No, yeah. There is irony in that. Uh, um, like, yeah. what's, the, what's the irony? Well, I think the irony is, is that I, I f- feel that I have to be reconditioned, and, and it's almost like retooled. Um, and I, I, it, it could be just an escape mechanism to talk about the issue itself. Well, the thing is, like, if these hierarchies are socialized into us, if they are conditioned into us, if racism, ableism, yeah. heteronormativity, cisnormativity, uh, you know, if the, all these things are conditioned into us, does that mean that our humanity lies in some sort of societal conditioning or some sort of con- like we're not ourselves because we need to be conditioned to be ourselves like does that does that make sense absolutely and i think if you really step back i mean it's a it's a billion dollar industry about how people are constantly striving their whole lives to be genuine and be their authentic selves but i yeah but i think the point i'm making is that it doesn't make sense to condition yourself to let go of your racism. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no. Like, it's like, it's like the issue in the beginning is that we are conditioned. And I'm not saying don't go out and get training or things that are helpful for you, but conditioning exists in the mind. It exists in the body. It even exists in our emotional realm of mm-hmm. sorts. Yep. And, but it, the spirit is not of, you know, like who who we truly are is not of the ego, you know, is not of conditioning. You know, in this moment when we're doing things, you know, we're sort of, I don't know, that maybe that duality doesn't make sense. But the thing is, I, it just, you, I do not believe that you can condition yourself out of conditioning. Like that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense to me that like, um... You can't condition yourself to not be racist. Like you would, you would just be. I don't know. It's all uh, yeah. I kind of get what you're saying. Is is you can't condition yourself to, to not being racist because that's just a that's you're just conditioning, modifying your behavior, but your thought process could still be the yes, same. and how you feel on the inside can still be the yes. same. Like you're not. It's, you know, we got to get past this idea of just trying to say the right thing. You know, shout out yeah. Tracy Nielsen, who really hit that point home for me. Um, it, it's like the analogy I used with you, as I said, it doesn't make any sense. If we're in the matrix, you know, of sorts, if we're to use that example, it's like saying if the matrix conditions me to be attuned to inside the matrix to just you know the narrative of the matrix you haven't seen it that people's minds are in the matrix so that their bodies can continue to produce power as slaves essentially for uh, machine 
uh, overlords, um, uh, like robot overlords. And so, um, like, and the people who aren't in the Matrix, you know, live in the real world. They don't exist, but they'll go into the Matrix. So if you're in the Matrix and you're conditioned to be there and to be dependent on this system, like no amount of the Matrix will put you into the real world, if that makes sense. You cannot stay in the Matrix. It's not to say you can't take things that are, are useful, you know, into the real world, but it, it is still a system of power and control. And, you know, that's really what I see conditioning as is is ways to hinder your spirit i guess i feel like there was a way better way i was going to explain this i feel like the point is sort of there but it's not as clear as, as i wanted it to be what, what are you going to say well i think it's it's i think you what hit home to me when you were just speaking is about how we 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 t some tiptoe over the issue of racism by doing certain things to in order for us to make ourselves feel good, like we're not racist. So, like when you talked about land acknowledgement, and thank you for bringing that up. The basic thing is is why we acknowledge that we're on your land. We're still not going to give it back. And so, to me, that's a kind of a feel good feel good conditioned response. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's sort of like in their I was just having a conversation and you know call me on it but I, I get tired when we have these special days out of the year to recognize different fringe groups and it's sort of like um, we were talking about someone was talking about the international indigenous day and I was thinking that one day out of 365 days so the re what about the rest of the 364 days and it's sort of like mm -hmm our society we do things we acknowledge this we have special ceremonies and stuff like that but are we really sincere in what we're thinking and and the one thing that we do that i've noticed is is that uh we do all these things but we don't actually have conversations about racism yeah and you know the thing is i i like um do tend to sort of not all the time I feel like sometimes I chicken out or whatever but I really do try and call in moments you know where racism is happening and one of the things that I noticed that I wanted to bring up sort of with respect to what we're talking about is that when I bring it up you know I have been getting a sort of feedback where people say um, you're direct and you're gentle when you're saying that and I you know, my alarms at the beginning years ago, if I gave feedback like that, I would say, great, I did a great job of giving feedback. Mm -hmm. But when I hear that now, I get afraid that what I'm saying is going at the comfort level of somebody who is attuned to white supremacy and that I'm delivering feedback that is not actually challenging their power, but I'm saying these things that are describing the hierarchy without actually challenging their power and so anyways I just think that you know that's something I've been sort of reflecting on and trying to, to sort out yeah that um, and maybe I'm making too much room for, for white supremacy in those, those moments I'm still figuring it out so I'll get back to y'all on that but uh, yeah any closing thoughts you have for our listeners here as we come close to our recording
Uh, well, in regards to, to your conversation, I think, you know, you can have a direct conversation but still challenge people and maybe that's what I need to learn that's what I need to walk away is I need to have conversations with people and challenge them and what their thought processes are and, and uh, I'm very good at sort of having nice conversations and I think I really have to start having really challenging conversations and ask challenging questions like I feel that but I also feel like what if the person that you're challenging them or calling them in as as the wokeness you know likes to say it you know what if you're challenging somebody to let go of or asking somebody to let go of their power and they don't want to let it go like there's no amount of niceness that is going to make them do you know what I mean yep. and so What then? Well, I think everyone's on their journey, right? And, and you can't really, I mean, you can have, you can confront people and Gee. challenge people, but um, I think we just have to keep on doing it, right? I think we can't have to keep on having these conversations. And if people you know, aren't ready, then you go back again and again. And I think it's, it's that, that consistency, right, of, of having those. And so if someone, you know, looks at you and says, oh, Sir, I think you're out to luncheon on this, or Steve, I think I totally disagree with you. Um, I can't really force them to agree with what I'm saying. Well, no, but the thing is, they're not going to say to my face that they really disagree with me because that's not how you play the white game. Uh, they're going to uh, smile at you, tell you what you're doing is really great, and that behind your back, they're going to go to HR or they're going to go, uh, if they already have power over you, they're going to find a way to systematically let you go. Like, you know what I mean? So it's not, <laughs> it's not, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> no. So thanks for tuning in. This has been a very interesting recording of the Wilma podcast where we explore how white lives matter always and the rest of us just matter sometimes. We're going to crack it into Steve as best as we can to get through. And uh, it's, it's a hard process sometimes, but we're still, still kicking. I still s send him smiley faces when I <laughs> send him texts. Not all the time, but mo most of the time. Um, you can connect with us at the Wilma Podcast. Uh, that's T-H-E-W-L-M-A Podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T on Instagram. You can also connect with us on Twitter with that handle. You can also reach out to us on email uh, via the Wilma Podcast at gmail.com. Have a great day. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>